Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Today, we have Ian Bauer with us. He's the founder and the owner of Graphic Rhythm, and he has other businesses that also revolve around uh, design, copywriting, and selling on Amazon. Ian used to be a trained chef before changing into this, and he is here with us. So let's ask him all about it. Ian, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, Pleasure having you here, Ian. So uh, I want to start with the chef thing, because I love cooking too. And I did think about it at one point, because as soon as I got out of high school, uh, I started a restaurant. I had a restaurant in Portugal, in Europe. And uh, it was fast food, pizza, and barbecue chicken. And it actually was pretty good, but I, I sucked at managing it. So uh, uh, what's your story? How did you want to be a chef and how did that happen? Uh, well, so it, for me, my whole family was uh, kind of involved in the restaurant business in some way, shape, or form. My my grandfather was a um, restaurant manager. My uh, uncle is still an executive chef. Uh, my aunts, my mother were, you know, servers or bartenders or, you know, just a variety of different ways. So I was always really immersed in that world. And, um, you know, when I was like 14 or 15 years old, everybody's putting pressure on you. Adults are putting pressure on you and say, what are you going to do when you grow up? What are you going to do when you grow up? And it's, I've never had an answer to that question. Even as a little kid, like I wasn't one of those kids that ran around with a fire hat all the time because I wanted to be a fireman. I didn't even like sports. So I didn't even aspire to be like a famous baseball player or something like that. And so, um, you know, around 14 or 15, it felt like decision time. Like people were really putting pressure on me. So I said, you know what, whatever, I'll just go into cooking. Um, and it, you know, it's kind of a funny story cause I actually never really like had like a passion for cooking or something like that, that drove me into it. I, that, that like came from me later. I had to actually learn to be passionate about cooking. So, um, what I am apparently, which has borne fruit over my entire life is super persistent super dedicated. Um, I really have a, like a never, ever give up kind of attitude. And so that served me well because, um, I managed to get a a full scholarship to culinary school. Um, and I also landed jobs in some really high-end restaurants in New York city and Pittsburgh. And so that's always really served me well. And and my most recent post before I quit to uh, own my own business full-time was as an executive chef of a private university. So That's been kind of my story and my trajectory there. But I definitely, um, I started to realize, uh, you know, maybe 10 years or so or or more, or really my whole life, just this idea that I was always meant to be a business owner. Um, And, you know, like, I'm not somebody who really likes um, reporting to other people, punching a client time clock, having other people tell me what to do. (laughs) I've got a real independent streak there. And uh, I just always thought I was going to be a restaurant owner. I didn't realize that it was going to be what I do now. So yeah, and being a chef, because I know I spoiled it a little bit with the intro because now people already know you're the owner and the founder of a graphic company, but so we do know that you left that life and you started a new career, but being a chef is one of those things that it never really goes away, right? It's something that stays with you. Uh, if you have the passion for cooking, uh, you, you always want to do it no matter if you own a business or 10 businesses, you can still do that. Is that right? Yeah. Well, so I was burnt out for a long time when I left and my, my wife laughs about this because she was also a chef 
she laughs about it that basically I quit cooking like entirely. Like she does all the cooking at home and stuff. Every now and then I'll get excited about like a little like passion project, you know, like the other night uh, at 11 o'clock at night, I was down here like frying eggs and making a little frisee salad and making a, you know, little cheese croutons and stuff like that. And, you know, <laughs> doing something real late at night. So I get these little passion projects every now and then where I'll get into it. But, um, you know, for the most part, yeah, I've stayed away from cooking um, unless my wife drags me in or makes me do it or it's Valentine's Day. That's a big one. I'm, I'm on deck on Valentine's Day for sure. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So how do you go from being a chef now to founding a design company? Because these are not even fields that are close to each other. How does that happen? Well, so it, it wasn't directly from one into the other. Um, you know, I, uh, a few years ago, I started, I actually started searching for um, how to like travel for free because tra- tra- travel is something I've always wanted to do is, is I wanted to, you know, kind of get out and travel a lot. And so I started searching around for how to travel for free, you know, and, you know, there's like a million websites out there that teach you like how to, how to do these rewards miles things and how to rack up rewards miles and stuff. And one of those ideas was Amazon FBA, right? Like flip stuff on Amazon, put it all on your, your rewards card and rack up the points and the miles and stuff. So I was like, all right, you know what? Hell, let's do that. So I did that and um, that Amazon FBA business grew and grew and grew and took on its own life. It became way more than just racking up rewards points. And so um, it ultimately led to me being able to quit my job almost four years ago. Uh, And so that was my full-time business was Amazon FBA wholesale um, brand management to an extent, very, very little private label. But um, out of that, I always had a graphic designer on my team, uh, on my staff, uh, you know, cause we do listing optimization. We, cr- we create all kinds of images and, you know, I'm like most people uh, in the FBA community. I'm, I'm in that community. I'm networked with other uh, FBA business owners and they were looking at the things that we were doing and, and basically saying, Hey, you know, that's pretty cool. Could I pay you to have your designer do that for me? And, um, to me, you know, that's really like the start of graphic rhythm is where I was like, oh, hey, you know, like this is a thing that people want. Uh, so, you know, let's let's put up a website. You know, our, our first website was literally just a button that you click the button and you could just send me some money and we could send you back some designs. And then, you know, we've really started to refine that process. And and so that's that's how you go from being a chef to being the owner of a design agency. That's that's nice. And you know what? I like that. You started on Amazon not to sell, not just because you wanted to be an Amazon seller, but you had a goal in mind and your goal was to, to travel and then it just became successful. And uh, because I think a lot of people started with with no goal, no end goal, right? They just started because oh, I want to make money and some some guy Well, you know, some some ninja told me that it's going to be easy in two days. I I can make a million dollars. And that's why a lot of people start. Um, So you started with a goal already. So I do like that. Now, you named your company Graphic Rhythm, correct? Yep. Okay. So Graphic Rhythm uh, that we can find at GraphicRhythm.com. How does that work? What exactly do, do I get from Graphic Rhythm? Well, so we think of ourselves as a full stack design agency. And what that really means is we just want to be there for you in whatever capacity you need us to be there for you. Now, that's kind of like, 
if you talk to anybody who knows anything about marketing, it's like the worst statement you can make, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you have a niche. Uh, and so there are a variety of different services. So like if you, you know, if you're an Amazon seller and you want us to optimize your Amazon images, your A plus content, your storefront, things like that. Um, we actually have a, a, you, you could have us do that. And it's, it's way more than design. That's really the important part because you can hire a designer, right? But where, where we're Vikings is, uh, helping you realize your vision. You know, the real thing, the real magic uh, or secret sauce of graphic rhythm in the beginning, especially was that um, our early clients, especially were frustrated with talking to designers. They didn't know how to do it. They weren't creative people. They didn't know how to like get what they had in their head on paper, get it to a designer, have the designer channel that into a design that looked good. So there's that part of it. um, And we, we help you with that. But then we also have a couple of uh, processes for positioning, marketing, copywriting um, <clears throat> that we put together to really make your images look good. Now, that's just the, like the Amazon services, but we can also help with like your visual identity. Let's say you're a brand new private label brand. You're just coming out of the gate here. You need a logo. You need a visual identity. You need a packaging. You need inserts. We can help you with that. And if you're a more mature company that you've been around for a little while and now you need things like business cards or Facebook posts or social media graphics or uh, pricing lists or whatever, we can help you with that as well. So, I mean, there's a really, that's what it's meant by this full stack kind of approach where Mm -hmm. we really want to be your bolt on graphic design agency for life. We want you to feel like we're your internal design team. Cool. You know, it's, it's amazing to find out how many sellers do not know how important images are right and 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 not only images are having beautiful images because there there's something too that that i realized a few years ago having the best looking images is not even the most important thing having quality images that make the person feel something right having a beautiful one or having one that can you know trigger a feeling from that person that that's important and it's unfortunate how many sellers, I, how many listings do we see that have like one picture, one image, like the main image, and, and even that one sucks. Uh, I mean, come on. Um, so I, I do understand how important it is. And do you, for example, since you guys do this and in your team, you guys do this for a living, do you have uh, that idea of making images for, for me, for example, that will trigger a feeling. Yeah. And, and that's actually what we see with our clients um, are t- typically there's like two, two big blockers for our, our clients and, and the products that they're selling. The first is that they think that photography is good enough, mm-hmm. um, which is a big mistake. Uh, you know, especially uh, folks in like the wholesale world where they're working with brand owners. So they might just get the, the photos from the brand owner and they just slap it up on the listing and, and then they hope and pray. Um what those sellers don't understand is that private label sellers are about to eat your lunch. They're about to de- detonate you. You know, you're maybe hoping that your sales rank and your reviews keep up, but if you're not like actively positioning yourself to be on top, there's a private label seller out there right now who is sniffing around the edges and is going to come in and just blow you up. And so you need to be defensive. So the first thing is that photography is not good enough, right? Um, because, and, and we say this to all of our clients, your Amazon images are primarily advertisements. They are eight opportunities to advertise to your customer and to get them to buy, right? 
And then the other thing that we see is these Amazon images that are pretty and that they make, they make statements, but they don't um, have actual copywriting on them. Um, and so we call them uh, conversion inhibitors. Uh, and so how do we co- overcome the conversion uh, inhibitors that a, a potential Amazon customer is experiencing when they're looking at your product? We want to give them a reason to buy. And it's interesting you brought up that feel, um, that feeling idea. We actually put, uh, if you were to work with us, we'd put your product through what we call a transformation analysis, where we analyze what is the transformation that your product helps a customer experience, you know? I always use the um, example of a lumbar support, right? So somebody who's looking for a lumbar support pillow, they have a bad back, they have back pain. Okay, so that's a that's a physical impact. You can help them be somebody without back pain, right? But there's also uh, this idea that they're letting their grandkids down because they can't play with them, or you know they they're not active with their spouse. And so if you can now, you're, what your lumbar support pillow is really doing is it's helping them transform into somebody who could be a better person. They could be a better grandfather. They could be a more engaged spouse. And if you put that in the copy, if you put that on your listing, that helps connect to, to them uh, emotionally and can increase your conversions as well. Beautiful. That's exactly what, what I was talking about. I like it. So uh, you guys do A-plus content as well and building stores and all that? Yeah, definitely. Um, we do A-plus content. We do Amazon storefronts and we do Amazon posts, which is a cool, exciting new thing that Amazon is doing. So yeah, we have, we're have we prepared in all those ways to help you. Yeah, those posts are actually pretty cool. You know what I thought at one point Amazon, Amazon was going to monetize those posts, that, that they were going to start charging us for them, but they haven't yet. And it's incredible because uh, I personally have somebody that does, uh, for example, my Instagram posts for the brands, and that person will grab the exact same post that, that went to Instagram and they'll post it on Amazon. Sometimes you have to change a little bit of what you what you write on Amazon, um, just you know, like remove URLs and anything like that. But it, it's fantastic, right? It's free traffic. So yeah. Yeah, that's a really cool thing. And they it used to be when when they first opened it up, it was really kind of it was really bad because they they were rejecting uh submissions and stuff like that mm-hmm. and nobody was really clear about what they wanted. But lately, um th- it's really kind of open season. And uh, to 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 the detriment I think <laughs> of the actual service, you know, like I see people that are just literally just pulling stock photography and just posting on <laughs> Amazon just cuz they can. You know, and so, but, but they're that mistake. It's the same thing with the Amazon listing images. You know, they are fumbling, and now you have an opportunity to fill that gap by creating something engaging that speaks to them, that drives clicks, and you're going to show up on their listings because that's the way the post works. So, that's a really cool way to capitalize on that. Nice. So, how does this work with the uh, designer itself? Do they connect to my Amazon seller account? I give them admin rights. And they go and they do all of this, or will they deliver a package for me to upload? Our service is done for you. is It's completely done for you. So, um, and it involves our whole team. So you'll actually work uh, with our creative director. And we'll come up with a set, like an initial set of posts. Um, uh, you know, like, and, and you'll approve those. You'll look at those. You'll look at the copy because we write the captions too, and, and all that stuff. So you'll look that mm-hmm. over. If that looks good, you give us a thumbs up and then um, you'll give uh, your account manager access to your Seller Central account. And then your account manager will requisition the designs and the copywriting every single week. And then they will uh, approve those and post them in your account every single week. So it's completely done for you. You don't even have to look at it anymore. 
Okay, and how how does it work as a client, like in, in terms of payment? Now, uh, would somebody pay you on an image basis? Is it going to be on an hourly basis, or is there like a monthly subscription that you could just keep on going? Yeah, it's a monthly subscription. So we bill um, on a four week cycle, and you can choose um, two posts per week or five or more posts per week. There's options to add additional posts, and then every four weeks we just bill you for that, um, and then. Yeah, that's it. it. And it keeps going and it's on autopilot and you can go focus on other things in your business and let us drive engagement. Nice. So here's another thing then. If you're dealing with somebody that's selling, let's say, shoes or clothing, every single listing is going to have 25 child variations uh, in those categories. Um, now, how does it work? Because that person is going to need more images, although some of them may be the same, but then when you change from the, let's say the, the small and the medium can use the exact same image, but but the blue and the green can't. Does that, yeah, so, that be a fortune? Yeah. So the way that we work is it's on a per brand basis. So mm-hmm. if you, it's for your brand and we'll create posts throughout the week that include different items from different brands. And then when an Amazon customer clicks or, or actually taps, because it's a mobile only right now, when they tap on your Amazon post, it actually takes you to your storefront. So that blue variation, would, would you, we could put something in the caption that says, check out all the colors or you know something like that. We can mix that into the, a variety of different posts, but it's not like they're clicking into a specific ASIN or a specific child variation, it goes to the storefront. So then your storefront is where you can grab them, show them the variations, the popular colors, mm-hmm. things like that. So yeah, that's how uh, we would handle uh, that. Uh, I meant for for the graphics itself, for the listing. Let's say the, the images that I have. Oh, oh, oh. If I yeah. wanted to update it, and then, you know, I have 10 products and each have used, uh, then it's going to be 250. Or how does that work? Yeah, so we actually have a variation um, component to it. So, like, so let's say, like, like you just said, like a color variation for a shoe or something like that. Uh, we just charge twenty nine dollars per variation, um, and so you know the size doesn't matter so much, but colors in, and that's just for us to quickly swap out different colors and stuff like that. And so you could, it, it's way more affordable. You know, since we already did all the hard work of the research and the writing and the designing and the layouts and the sequencing, and then the variation is just a quick swapping out colors and stuff. So it's a, a lower rate. Perfect. And now, for example, as you know, I have an agency and then there's probably many people that are listening that, that have an agency or work for an agency. Now, how does this work? Is there a service for agencies as well where you get enough uh, you know, graphics for all our customers? Yeah, so um, that's actually a piece of the puzzle that we're working on solving right now. We do work with a lot of agencies, and it's much more uh, personalized. I mean, at the prices we're able to offer things for, um, we the the it's definitely a productized service. You know, like you, if you click buy now on our website, you get taken to a checkout form. You pay. It goes to an intake form. Um, there's always somebody there who can answer questions, but it's not like we're jumping on a a project kickoff call or something like that. Now that's just like, you know, think of a private label seller who has one product. That's a great avenue for them to go. But if you're an agency and you're doing a lot of listings every month, we actually have, we, 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 we take you aside and, and make it a much more personal um, approach. We can offer different options like pay later invoice, you know, pay on invoice so that you can have your, 
a team member, your virtual assistant submitting the requests, and then we aggregate those requests and just send you an invoice for everything they submitted this week. And then, of course, we also offer agency discounts and pricing. So, yeah, we're prepared to work with agencies, and we're making that part of our our service better and better every day. So definitely, definitely check us out if you're an agency. We want to work with you. Awesome. Uh, now, do you have any tips for like what are the best types of images, or what can you do to an image that will increase conversion? Yeah. So the main one is kind of out, out of out of reach, but uh, well, so the the number one tip that I can give everybody that that everybody misses, by the way, absolutely, this is a whiff on like ninety nine percent of the listings we look at, is um, the question and answer section of your listing or your competitor's listing, okay? So just let me put you in the frame of mind of an Amazon customer for a minute. Mm -hmm. So this Amazon customer has, first of all, probably started at Google. They typed in their problem. They determined that the solution for their problem is is a product like yours. And they've gone to Amazon and they've searched for, uh, you know, products in your category. Let's say those lumbar supports again. They've got 15 tabs open on on Google Chrome. They're, They're shopping all these different things. With a single click of a button in a lot of cities, they can have whatever they choose. They can have that delivered within an hour with a click of a button, right? So they, they have done all of this work and it's so easy to buy, but they didn't. They stopped. They asked a question on Amazon. They waited for an answer and then they bought. So imagine for a hot minute if that question was answered before, you know, right when they were ready to purchase, Right. So the Q&A section is what we call uh, we put it in our when we put a proposal together for you, we'll call that the what are what are people confused about section. And those are some of the actual biggest conversion inhibitors. Right. So how many of those people asked the question and then actually waited or did they just go and buy the thing that that said explicitly yes. what was going on? Right. And so um, if you can answer those conversion inhibiting questions, if you can help them get unconfused about those specific things you are going to win. Just mine that section, the Q&A section. And you can also use the reviews quite a bit to do that too. Like what are people like super confused about? Post that, you know, put it in an image um, because that is going to be something that uh, can help you almost instantly get more sales. Yes, sir. So Ian, if that was the only thing you said on this podcast, it would already be a win for most people that are listening because that, that's fantastic. Uh, as As a buyer... I can go to Amazon, and if there's something that I cannot figure out through the listing, sometimes I ask it, but I do not wait for the answer. I still ask the question because, I don't know, I'm hoping for a miracle or something, but I, I rarely wait. I just go look for another one and see if, if they can solve whatever question I have. So that that's amazing. You go through your competitors because sometimes you don't have enough questions on your own listing go through your competitors, go through your competitors' reviews and see what what people have doubts about. That's, yeah, that's a really good one. And then just put that there. And uh, wow, really, really, really good. So uh, is there any of those, there's always mistakes that you see happening every day, right? This is This is not really a mistake. It's just something that's not being done often. But what are some of the mistakes that you see being done with the images? Um, well, so I think that um, for kind of mature brands, one of the things that I wish that people would do more often, and this is actually detrimental to my business, but 
I'm all for helping you do the best thing for your business. So um, you know, a lot of our clients tend to um, want to have a individual A plus content set of A plus content per product. And I think that that's a mistake. Um, even though it's better for us because you're buying a bunch of A plus content, I would actually really rather you just buy one set of A plus content and put all the products in your line on that A plus content because it's basically one of the only places on an Amazon listing where you're allowed to cross sell. You can literally put a link to other Amazon listings right on the page. Mm -hmm. And so that also captures attention for your uh, buyers. Remember, A plus content is really a bottom of the funnel kind of thing. You know, that person with the 15 Chrome tabs open, you know, they're playing uh, the prices right and they're clicking X and eliminating people, right? And you get down to the final three and you're a contender. Now they're looking for an additional reason to buy. So you, they're really bottom of the funnel. They want to know more about the brand. They want to know what you do. They want to know your experts in this uh, product category. They want to know what your secret sauce is, what makes you special. And part of that is seeing that there is a family of products, you know, because they want to be involved in that family of products. Everybody in the world, and I, and I say this all the time for a variety of different businesses, but I think that everybody wants to have a guy, and I'm do, using air quotes here, a guy, you know, so if you have a plumbing problem, you want a guy to call. And I and by guy, uh, please understand, I mean, every, everybody, but, you know, that person, that expert, whatever, right? So, like, I remember when I was, um, I was actually looking for, like, um, like a camera grips and stuff like that, like little clamps and audio visual stuff like that, you know? And I was so excited that I found a brand on Amazon that sells all kinds of stuff. They seem like they were really embedded in that world. And so all of this is really to say that if you're using your A plus content to really just keep selling your product again and again, again, that's fine, but it would be better if you brought them into your world and you made them a cult follower of your brand and that you expose them to your authority in that space rather than just, you know, showing them more features and benefits. So I would say that that's one of the things I wish more of our clients did. Yeah, that's another fantastic tip. So for all of you guys listening, maybe you guys should go back and listen to this one twice uh, because that's a great tip, having one A-plus content per brand. And you know, Ian, why a lot of people still insist and in having one completely different A-plus for every single product or every single SKU is because they still believe that A plus has a strong ranking factor. And I actually don't believe that at all. I have, with A plus content, I still put it on the listings, but my rankings come from the description, the description that's hidden that the customer does not see. And since they don't see it, I don't even have to put the basic HTML in there, but I still have those 2000 characters in the description and you see some of the big brands that do do this very well, have one A plus and then show display all their products and, and the features of the, those products, like the lower price one to the highest price one and, and the qualities of it. And, and um, I actually, um, just the other day, it kind of upsold me on something. Well, it wasn't really an upsell. I just changed what I was going to buy. So I wanted to buy... It's like a cell phone booster uh, for when I go camping. I'm already thinking of summer and stuff. But I want to have service so I can work every now and then when, when I don't have a beer in my hand. Uh, and um, I was looking for the cell phone booster, and I thought I found the right one. And when I checked their A-plus content, they had, like, version A, B, C, and D, and I ended up upgrading. I bought another one. So that's a fantastic tip. 
your A plus content, don't worry about the keywords that you're trying to rank for. Use those in the description and then do like Ian said, have an A plus content that shows all your products. I mean, if you have a thousand products, don't shove them all in there, but you, you know, you know what I mean? So it's an amazing tip, Ian. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. And just to add on there to give you some like a, a, a more practical kind of uh, idea here, you typically we put six to seven panels. Amazon has these like panel modules for those who aren't familiar. It's like a kind of like a website builder. And what we do often for product lines is we'll devote the first two to three of those panels to the specific product that we're on. And then the bottom few panels, will that will be the same across the, the whole brand or the whole product line. So that way you're, you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. And so you can essentially create A plus content variations that have a little bit of additional content about the product, but then focus exclusively the rest of it on cross-selling and bring them deeper into your, your brand and your world. Exactly. Now, one of the things, Ian, that I do if I'm looking for a graphic designer or, or, or anything almost, I want to see some of the things that they've done. And I know you, you have some on your website because I looked at, uh, there was a, I remember uh, we talked about it here earlier before I started recording, there was a pony on a coffee cup. And I, I, I remember that one because I have a daughter that just is crazy about ponies and I wanted to buy that cup, although it wasn't for sale. So do you have a place where people can go and have a look at all of these? Yeah. If you go to graphicrhythm.com and then you can click on our portfolio um, and it'll show, it separates it down if you know, for, you know, all the different stuff that we do, but there's particularly a couple sections on a plus content, Amazon images and Amazon storefronts. And uh, they're kind of cleverly designed so that it's got like a thumbnail for like the storefront. But when you click on it, it opens up into the whole storefront and you can see the whole storefront design or A plus content design. So definitely uh, look there. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I just did exactly that. So these are some some really cool designs. And you just mentioned thumbnail. And that's uh, one of the things that I see people still do wrong today have uh, their main image becomes a thumbnail when people are performing a search. And a lot of people still do with a ton of white space on a non-square image, right? Sometimes like uh, if it's a vertical on a bottle, if you have a vertical rectangle, it kind of will fly, but an horizontal rectangle will not. And you still find a lot of those that have like something in the middle and a ton of white space and they have this tiny thumbnail. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we always try. Um, now, for us, we uh, adhere to all of Amazon's policies. So even though we have clients that want us to like put all kinds of crazy graphics on the main image, we usually push back or make them sign off that we're not responsible for their listing being removed. But even within the constraints that Amazon gives you, um, you know, making sure it's cropped correctly, which is a, a square crop, by the way, 3000 by 3000 pixels is the correct dimensions. Make sure it's cropped correctly. Make sure it's as close and tight as possible. You want very little uh, room around that product in that square format. And then the other thing that for private label sellers, you have an, an advantage that a lot of other sellers don't have, which is that you are um, starting, you're, you're going to be designing a package, your package design for a product that's going directly on Amazon. And so one of the cool things that you can leverage is, is you can put all kinds of sales copy um, and all kinds of stuff directly on your packaging. And a lot of private label sellers get this wrong, by the way. They think, oh, it's not gonna be on a shelf, who cares? Nobody's gonna yeah. you know, take it off a shelf and look at it. 
but you're remember your main image can be your product. It, it has to be your product. So if you design your packaging to essentially be like a, an advertisement slash infographic kind of thing, you can really uh, leverage that with your main image on, on Amazon because that package design is essentially your way of sneaking graphics and copy and advertisement stuff directly on the Amazon listing in the main image slot, which you're not typically allowed to do. That's true. And it's funny that you said it because I had one product that the product itself didn't have much things that I could change, right? I could not really make it too unique. So the product was the same as the competitors, but my packaging wasn't. And that made it the best seller. But I knew it was only because of the packaging. It was insane. I I really don't want want to talk too much about it. But it was the only thing that was helping me outsell. And I had the packaging on the main image. I definitely did. So, but I want to talk about something that you mentioned. The size of the image, 3,000 by 3,000. Is that the ideal that you use, that you upload, or do you make them in 3,000 and then make them a little bit smaller? And the reason why I ask this, Ian, is because um, I was doing the biggest images that I could, too, on Amazon. But I realized they have, like, for SEO purposes or, or just the ease of access, they have lazy loading, where the image shows up and it's when you first open, depending on how fast your connection is, you may see a 3000 by 3000. It may show as a little bit blurry. And then after 10 seconds or so now, or five seconds, whatever, now we have a perfect image. So I decided to shrink them to 16 by 16. Do you test anything like that? Yeah, so we um, we use 3000 by 3000 as the upload quality. And it's actually for the same reasons you just mentioned is we found that that is below the threshold where Amazon tries to compress it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's high enough so that you get that uh, mouse over and a good, uh, you know, mouse over zoom feature and a good resolution. Um, so yeah, we actually do upload the 3000 by 3000. And we found that that works really good. Okay, got it. So I, I, I went directly from I, I don't know what size we were doing before, but if something crazy and when I open my own listings, right, normally if you do it on a cell phone, it's it's different than with the, the 1.5 gigabyte internet speed that we have now. That's another thing that's completely insane. For those that have been in the internet for a while, 1.5 gigabyte speed is crazy. But anyway, uh, opening something on the phone and I could see the image is blurry. I'm like, what the heck? And then, oh, okay, it just fixed itself. So I started thinking, what if the other person that is looking at my listing right now, uh, what if it takes longer for them to lose the blurriness or if they're in like a more remote area, they never get to see the high quality picture. They just leave the listing, right? This sucks. So I just reduced to 16 and I never measured if the 3000 would work. So that's why I asked. Yeah. And the other thing too is Amazon um, will co- compress your images. That They just do that. When it goes up, and some, if it's too, uh, if the image is too big, the compression leaves artifacts, and it makes it look funny. And basically, they do a bad job of compressing your images. So um, that that seems to that size seems to get it in under the threshold. Okay, now I just thought of something else. I still do this, and I don't know if it works anymore. I have not tested in the longest time, but um, from the SEO perspective of images, we always name the image with a keyword, okay? So for example, if I'm selling, uh, like you said, uh, seat recliners, 
Yeah, seat recliners. Uh, if I'm selling seat recliners, I'm going to name the image seat recliner dash PNG or sorry, dot PNG JPEG or whatever. I'm going to name it that. We used to do that, and now it's just part of you know the operating procedure. If it works or not, we still do it. Um, search engines used to pick that up, right? And I was able to at uh, one point years ago to get indexed for a keyword that uh, we tested that was not on the listing. Uh, have you tested to see if if it, it works again or if it stopped working or? Um, so no, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. Um, that's not something that we've done now. I know that like on the A plus content, they'll, they'll ask you to put in keywords for the images, which is, I think the only place, and it doesn't even really help it index on Amazon. I think it's strictly like a Google and web browser search function kind of thing. Uh, but that's the only place I've seen that. But when it comes to uploading on Amazon, we don't, we don't change the names of them or put keywords in the file names. Okay. Yeah. Google was, was the reason why we. We started doing this because we wanted to get listings indexed by Google too, right? If you search seat recliner or microphone or whatever, I wanted my listing, my Amazon listing to be the first search on Google to show up. So anyway, that's one of those things that I like analytics, but I haven't spent the time to test if it still works or not. So it's not that big of a deal. Ian, man, this has been so incredible. A couple of the tips that you left here are like mind-blowing. I hope people do take action on them. And if they want to work with you, if they want to get a subscription for Graphic Rhythm or even just talk to you, where do they go? Yeah, so definitely uh, check out graphicrhythm.com. Uh, there's a ton of information there on our website about uh, you know what we do. Uh, how we're different than just a design agency. We have a live chat on the site that you can always chat in or you can email support at graphicrhythm.com with any questions that you have. We'll uh, be happy to answer them. We, we usually get back to you pretty quickly there too. So lots of ways to get in touch. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ian. It was amazing having you here. All right. Thank you for having me.